The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. And oh, it's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. And we're here for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Thanks for tuning in here this morning. BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will start at the bottom of the hour. Nick Olson from 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. We will uh, dot I's, cross T's on the non-conference portion of Iowa State's schedule as they get set to take on Baylor as the curtain goes up uh, in Big 12 play. Nick Olson coming up here uh, at 10.30. At 11.05, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football from a national perspective. Some of the things we saw over the weekend, including just a gruesome injury, as bad as you're going to see, in the Texas Tech game. More than that, though, obviously. Good. Yeah, I don't want to linger on that. I sent you the picture of the screen yes. grab. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Ramirez, linebacker for Texas Tech, his bone pierced his skin, which was... Um, well, it made you a little queasy. Anyways, uh, Bama Bob at 11.05, and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. They had a late night, everybody that was covering the game uh, at Kinnick Stadium last night on Saturday, I guess on Sunday morning, ended, uh, what, one thirty nine, one forty or so in the morning. Crazy day in the NFL, three unbelievable collapses, the Raiders, the Ravens, and the Browns, all snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. What a, what a weekend. This football's pretty good, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. Could have got uh, all three of those teams better than 20 to 1 odds at one point in the game. I think the Cardinals were middle of the third quarter, 25 to 1. No kidding. To come back and do that huh. happened three times where you could get the live number. Huh. What a Sunday it was. Great games. And I really enjoyed it because we didn't have one of our locals to kind of worry about. Right. That's a good point. Because I, two, I can, were last, two were last night. Yep. One was Thursday and one's tonight. Yeah. So I was able to bounce around even more than normal. Watched a lot more red zone than normal. It was a really, really fun Sunday of football after a great Saturday. It was, Trent. Uh, in, in the Sunday, um, let, let's, let's start with Iowa State, and then we'll get quickly to Iowa because Nick Olson's going to come up as we get back to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State finishes 3-0. and uh, lots of things that they can build on going into uh, into conference play, uh, but uh, look, uh, if you were to set expectations prior to the uh, prior to the year, you know what you want to see after they get to the Big Twelve play. Obviously, three and zero would be uh, one of those things. On it was that likely eh, they were a dog against Iowa. Certainly, you'd think that they'd beat the, with the other two, but you're seeing some young guys. Play significant roles. Hunter Decker's is so far living up to the hype. Not that he doesn't have some things to clean up. Uh, they're running the football. They're catching the football defensively. I think, still think maybe therein lie the question marks uh, for this team. But um, we'll get a good look at them against uh, you know one of the elites in the Big Twelve. And Baylor and Baylor come to town is at least a well. They were a two point favorite when it opened. Not we're sure where they're at now. Yeah, we'll take a look here and uh, find what the updated numbers after a lot of the sharps got their early whack of things, and we'll kind of see uh, what kind of movement that there has been. But that was an impressive performance on Saturday. It's not that Ohio was great by any means, mm-hmm. but to come out there, take care of business, no letdown. Any of the question, how are they going to be? They were ready yep. from the get go. Yep. 
back in Jack Trice and they were ready to go. I, I thought that was very impressive, not just winning the game, but doing it in that fashion and not pulling away late from the get-go. Step mm-hmm. on their throats. That was really, really good to see from this Iowa State team to get off to that kind of start. No, they had a big lead uh, going into halftime, and that's a great point, Trent, because you know they come off a massive win against their in-state rival, um, and then look ahead to Baylor. No, depends who you talk to. Maybe the best team in the Big 12, though, Oklahoma. Uh, looked really good this weekend. We'll get to that at some point here this morning. But then, you know, it was the sandwich game, right? You could, you could kind of feel if there was going to be a letdown, uh, you could see it happening. But uh, Campbell and company never let it happen. Xavier Hutchinson. Sean Shaw is making an impact on this yes. team, too. Uh, good to see out of him. Uh, I sure like them to get Jalen Noel more involved in it, and maybe he will as they go along here. But uh, it's hard to nitpick at what Iowa State did. Was it perfect? No. Do they have some things they can work on? Yes, and that's good. Right. That's good. It was also good to see late in the game some of the depth from Iowa State's offensive line. I love the fact, whether it's Iowa or Iowa State, it forces you to go to the roster to look at numbers. Who are these kids? Yeah, Names. Oh, I remember his recruitment. Oh, I... Remember, you know, like the Benefis kid, Jim Benefis from mm-hmm. over in the Dubuque area. Oh, yeah, I remember that yeah. one. And, and those kind of names. Tyler Morrow, another one. Zach Ross, the Dowling kid. You know, you Will had, McLaughlin from Harlan. Yes. You 23 get to, making plays. You see these guys out there, and it, it makes a little bit more sense. You kind of put it together. Uh, Grant Triber, he graded out as good as he has. As oh, you season. saw the grades at Pro, yeah. at Pro Football Focus? Which was good to see, and it kind of married with what I thought. I mm-hmm. thought he played really well out there. and. They're going to need him. Look, yeah. whenever they're completely healthy, having a third tackle now that is at least at minimum competent, right. that's a huge step forward from what we've seen in the past because even when they've had the offensive line kind of gelling, there was never any depth. There was never any depth that you right. you looked at and said, if there's one injury, well, we're screwed. Yeah, can't afford an injury. Right. Yeah. Now yep. you feel like you have six guys that you're confident with mm-hmm. going forward, and, and Triber's really made some big strides here the last couple of weeks. So I thought that was good. That was one that I had in my notes, and it's always good when you look at those pro football focus numbers. and <laughs> They all right, back good. up what you yes. saw, right? It, it marries exactly with what I was seeing. That was good to see. And that offensive line's going to be tested because here comes Ika. Uh-huh. Uh, and he is a pro and a first-round pick next year. Baylor's got some dudes. We'll get into that. Uh, but a good win, 3-0 and as they head into Big 12 play. Um, you know, Early bowl projections are after week three, and Iowa State's clearly in. Boy, speaking of uh, bowl projections, mm-hmm. every time I see Iowa projected anywhere, they're all in the Duke-Mayo Bowl. Oh, that's a good spot for them. I would love to see Kirk Ferentz get doused <laughs> with mayonnaise. <laughs> Would he? Would he? Would Would he allow? No, something? I don't think so either. I can't see that at all. Who pinch hits for him on that? You just, just Brian, look at I. I took a lot of bullets for you this year. Here, you take one for me. Right. And what we're talking to is the the winning coach of that team. If you go back to uh, last year, Fulmer from uh, from South Carolina, Beamer, Shane uh, Beamer, Beamer yeah. uh, Shane Beamer, rather. Thank you. Um, he he wore the mail. He did. <laughs> after the win last year. So. And Mac Brown said he would have, too, if they would have won. Uh-huh. I can't see Ferentz doing No, it doesn't I just seem don't, like Kirk. I just don't see that happening. Did you see uh, any of the post-game stuff from after the Iowa game where they talked a little bit more about that? About no, really? being up late? When was the last so time you So did you, you make it late? to the end? I did, absolutely. Did I did an instant reaction podcast. I was up till 3.30. Now, who in their right mind is... And then, look, it, you're good at this. <laughs> I was about to take a shot at you, and yeah. it sounded like that, so I stopped. Who in the right mind is going to listen to what you have to say at 3.30 in the morning? Probably nobody, but... It's up there when people up. get up? Yeah. It was either that, all right, it's already 2 o'clock. You couldn't sleep? No, not at that point. Really? No. 
wasn't ready to. So yeah, fired up, get it up there. And then for the early risers of the next morning, it was ready. Or maybe even for the people that were making the drive home, they could plug it in and, and listen to it that Did way. Did sound off go live after the game? It's a great question. In fact, I, I almost... They were going to. I was going to text Ross at one point, and I kind of forgot about it. In fact, it was right... The delay of one play, it was right during that that I was like, I was kind of settling back in. All right, I'm going to text Ross and see what they're going to do. And then uh-huh. it went delay again, and then man, it, it was an absolute mess. Then I hit record and extended it by three hours, and I needed each and every one of those minutes. Isn't that wild? I think I got to the end. I had six minutes of recording time left. I, I, was, I was shocked. Uh, watched it yesterday morning. But uh, look, I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, um, what, what was good was Peters throwing the ball down the field. Yes, he was taking shots. He was taking shots down the field. Um the Bruce touchdown, the, pad, the touchdown pass to Bruce, he made a great catch, but you know what? The throw was there. It was there. It wasn't great. No, it wasn't great, but he gave his, he gave his guy an opportunity to make a play, and, and his dude did. Brody Brecht is going to be, I think, a factor. Yeah, he's uh, got he's, a chance. He's got a chance. I think he's got to learn to track the ball a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Looked like he kind of turned the shoulder the a wrong way. A little bit. Um, but when you've barely practiced football I, for the last two years. Not a criticism. Those I, are the I, things that are going to happen. I absolutely agree with you. I think they've got something here in Brecht. Uh, the defense got the shutout, which they wanted to do late in the mm-hmm. football game. Uh, Taylor was Taylor. <laughs> I mean, he had the one touchback early in the game. Uh-huh. That pissed him off. And then after that, it was, boom, Terry Roberts, go take your spot. Well, I'm going to put it there. And he did. And he time did. in and time out. And Iowa's got a kicker. I think they do. Drew Stevens looked really good. I think they do. The second field goal, mm-hmm. it was a shorter one, but he just pounded that thing. Yeah, I, I mean, did. great arc to it, high in the air. No chance at a block. I was really impressed by him. I walked away saying, we got a Wally Pipp situation here. Aaron Blom yeah. missed that well, field Farron, goal against Farron, Iowa State. Ferentz did go out of his way to say they're both going to play. Right. You know? It is still a freshman, mm-hmm. and it was in a blowout game against Nevada. We'll mm-hmm. see Drew Stevens. He's lining up this week against Rutgers. It's 10-10, and he got a shot to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Going to feel a little bit different for him, and we'll see how he responds. But really impressed by Drew Stevens. Arlen Bruce in the return game looked very good in yeah. the punt return game. Well, there was a couple of times they had him bottled up. Yes, and that's what he does. Mm-hmm. But now he becomes more of his role, right? That mm-hmm. Swiss Army knife, you knew different things with him. A lot of jet motion, too. I thought, Brian, the game plan was a lot better, not just the shots up the field. Given his quarterback an opportunity to make plays. Absolutely. I still thought Petrus was bad, though. Look, he wasn't great by any means. He was better, but he wasn't good. He's got... Now, now here's here's where we judge going forward. He's got his guys. Yes, right? he's got his yep. guys, um, and they'll be better next week. I would assume, assuming both of them came out and and didn't have any setbacks during the game. Mm-hmm. Keegan will be fine. Regani will be fine. The running game was fine. Well, two runs. Well, two of them. Yeah, yeah. but that's okay because they all count. <laughs> they do. Uh, and uh, he's a true freshman, right? Yeah, Caleb Johnson. Yeah. Caleb Johnson, true freshman. Uh, he looked terrific. Um, but Nevada, they're bad. They're bad. Yeah. They just are. The Dom Peterson, the big guy in the middle, he was blowing things up. This offensive line has it's, big time problems. They do, Trent. They it's do. really yeah. bad. The one thing that was good to see, speaking of kind of marrying with the pro football focus numbers, Tyler Ellsbury, a guy that was on the depth chart, was listed, I think, as a starter at one point, maybe in the August uh, depth chart that we got. Didn't play a whole lot early on. You're wondering what was happening. He went out there and he played, I think, at a high level. He was the highest rated offensive line. Didn't play a ton of snaps, but. That's a help because 
The interior guys are really start struggling. Jennings Dunker one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. Logan Jones is still yeah, not. Dunker ready. had a couple of bad. Uh, he had a couple of unfortunate plays. Bo Stevens. I mean, we, yeah. we saw him turn around more than I think block people going forward. <laughs> he was really struggling there. Again, you put all this together. It's not all on Petrus. There are a lot of factors that go into this. Ultimately, though, I got a question for you. You're up twenty-seven nothing. We're seeing guys and, and looking at that roster. Fair question, Trent. That. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have a pretty good read on this Iowa roster year in and year out. Mm-hmm. And there were names that I had to check a couple of times, and I had absolutely no background. Where, where's number nine? Is that where you're going? Number eight. Is he eight? Yeah. Okay. Well, Padilla is who we're talking about. Alex where, Padilla. Where was he? In a blowout game. Yeah. Where you have said, we're confident in both guys. Kirk has mentioned this multiple times. Mm-hmm. We feel confident with both guys. Why doesn't he play? There, there's no reason. Even if he's handing the ball off to Jazzy on Pedersen, fine. Just get him in. Get him in the yep. game. Where you are one injury away from obviously needing to go to the backup mm-hmm. and to not get him any reps, to not get him any time. Is that Kirk Ferentz spitting in the face of the fans saying, you guys don't know crap? Because that's how I do it. I really did. <laughs> this is the stubborn old man again yeah. and Kirk Ferentz coming out and saying, you guys don't know. Because it's not like they weren't putting in subs. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going into the 11th, 12th, 13th offensive mm-hmm. linemen. You're seeing wide receivers out there, deeper down in the depth chart, on and on and on. Defensive guys. Or did who, he want those offensive linemen to get, uh, to, to get some experience with the starting quarter? I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of I agree with this probably your uh, scenario more than, more than mine. I, they should have played him. That's the bottom line. Yes. But the, I, I, I thought he should have got in, too. I, I didn't surprised. understand it. Mm-hmm. I say play three quarterbacks on Sunday. Yeah. Got to see Cook, and of course mm-hmm. got to see Rocco out there mm-hmm. making plays in a blowout game. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Iowa did it for every other position. You had Palisard playing fullback. You had all these different guys out there. The game wasn't in doubt at this point. But you don't put the backup quarterback in. A guy that you have confidence in, mm-hmm. allegedly. Mm-hmm. Certainly didn't see that way. He hasn't been. Uh, he, he hasn't been wanting to play him. I mean, we've no. seen that. He certainly had his opportunities. Weird well, situation. Uh, looks like um, Ross left... But one o'clock. Oh, really? He stayed here till one. That's what it, <laughs> enough's enough. I don't blame him. I mean, say, well, think about because they usually get here. Before well, this the game. has changed in the old days, mm-hmm. in the John Miller era. Okay, they would do a pre-game sound off. It was a night game. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't stay till afterwards because oh, they wouldn't really? go on the air at midnight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis and Ross, to their credit, absolutely, they want to they want to go on when people are in their cars driving home and mm-hmm. at, at the expense of their social life or family life. Um, so I don't know if they. I think they came on during the breaks. Oh, did they? I think I saw that on Twitter, but I could be mistaken. Oh yeah, somebody mentioned that they went on a couple of times during the. That's delays. what I thought. That makes sense. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. Well, good good for the boys uh, staying as long as they as Late long night. as they did. Yeah, early morning in a lot of ways. You know, there was, there was a moment after the second delay. I kind of wished I was there. You know, seeing really? the, the 500 people. Just, yeah. it was goofy and it was silly and it was something could, that you could say. When did they keep the beer sales open to? Oh, Any that, idea? That was well past. But go back to your tailgate. Hopefully you got some beers left there. But would they let you back in if you... They did. They were letting everybody back in. Were they? There was a shot of a guy that had his dog there. He just came back in after the second delay and <laughs> came in with his dog. Might have been out for a walk. Lives in the Kinnick area. So he might not have been at the game. He was just up early walking the dog, and he thought, there's lights on. Let me go yeah, and check it out. I think so. I mean, it kind of looked that way. Kind of just brings the dog with him. <laughs> All the shots of the kids with the popcorn Saw bags. That. That, oh, was that was great. great. That was good. Yeah. What a weird, weird night. Yeah, it was strange. I mean, it's not like it snuck up on anybody because that was the fear. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, there's going to be weather over in Iowa. And then when it hit here, You're right? I mean, it hit here, here a couple hours before it got there, and it rained in sheets. Logistically, you see this storm is coming. The, the lightning and thunder, they're, they're right behind, and it's going to be for a while. Every weatherman that I, that I saw, saw a couple of Eastern Iowa guys, and, and of course people here talking about it, and they all said, this is coming, and there's, mm-hmm. there's no stopping. Yeah, it's not going to avoid it. Yeah, this yeah. is going to be, there is going to be lightning delays in this game. Logistically, is there any way you could have pulled off pushing the game up to 3, 4 o'clock? Well, I don't know what the Big Ten Network had prior to. Sure. I mean, you'd have to put it on an overflow uh-huh. channel. But people that come in late, you know, not everybody tailgates, right. that kind of thing. How early would they have had to make that decision? The, oh, it was a good question. Probably not day of even, right? Probably not. And I don't know what was on. Do they still have the BTN alternate, right? They do, the yeah. overflow, so yep. maybe they could have parked it there. Right. But... Um, I don't know. I know the BTN network guys. They stayed for a while, yeah. but they built it. And they, you know what? Credit to them for for finding some plug and play program during the delays too. Uh, but just a, just a crazy night. What else? Well, let's do Nebraska real quick. Trent, mm-hmm. they get up seven nothing. Oh, there we go. Holy mackerel! I got plus eleven and a half. We're cruising. You're up eighteen at yes. that point. You're home free. How are you going to spend your money? And, and then, then they the, have the rest of the game. The floodgates open. Uh, and they fired uh, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, Shenander. Shenander is gone uh, after after the football game. <laughs> this is just a bad team. Yeah. This team has miles, miles, miles to go before they're anywhere close to being relevant again. Look at what happened in Northwestern this weekend. Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. That had given up 68 to Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word, again, showing up. We talked more Incarnate Word. <laughs> this go, last couple of weeks, this last week. Well, and go back to 2020, when they were supposed to play Iowa State at the end of the season and end up being that Drake game at the end of the year. I don't remember that. Or no, that the, a... it was the uh, rain, uh, the lightning game that was canceled. They put a game, tacked it on at the at end the of the end. schedule. It was supposed to be Incarnate uh-huh. Word. They ended up looking like they were going to qualify for the playoffs so they mm-hmm. can play. Incarnate Word all over here <laughs> up in Iowa. But yeah, they put 60 up on 8 up on Southern Illinois. And SIU just goes in there and wins. The and Big Ten West is awful. It's terrible. With, the, with one exception, maybe? We got to see. Minnesota's played to me. Well, and games. Ottman Bell got hurt. That's a problem. That is a problem yes. because he's their best receiver. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know how that um, how he came out of that, but he did leave the field um, at, at some point anyways. Nebraska, yeah. I, did you hear Bruce Feldman? Uh, in? Did you watch much of the Fox Noon kickoff, Big Noon kickoff? No. He said, uh, talking about Nebraska, there were a few things. First of all, with Scott Frost, a lot of listening to his buddies. A lot of... Former teammates, you mean? Yep. When he went there, it was not kind of the insular nature taking over at UCF where we're all going to do this and we're going to mm-hmm. do this together. It was a lot of listening to outside influences at Nebraska. Yes, former yeah. teammates, former greats, those kind of things. Not working with his coaching staff, working with everybody else. That was a problem. The One of their meetings when they were in Ireland... The morning meeting, I think it maybe was Friday, he didn't show up. Really? He didn't show up for the coaches' meeting the day before their came. So, so where yes. was he? I don't know. Too many Guinnesses the night before? No. It's not a stretch, stretch from a lot of the rumors that we've heard about yeah, him. I've heard over that there. a lot, Trent. So you have that component of it. And the other thing, they never practiced tackling. You, you obviously have seen that over the last five years. They didn't practice live tackling during the course of the season. And Mickey Joseph this week, First two days of practice, Monday, Tuesday, they went live. It didn't matter. I mean, you're not going to fix this garbage defense in a week, but they weren't even working on practicing tackling. Well, that's shown up big time in the Mm -hmm. ways, and his it was too many outside influences. As a guy that wasn't engaged, he had 
maybe some personal problems that we've heard a lot of rumblings yep. about. Yep. There was a lot that went wrong there, but this is not something that's going to be fixed with an interim coach. No, I don't think so either, and it doesn't sound like he's going to have that interim tag removed at any time no. soon, especially after this. Um, yeah, just a blow. So what did you think of Oklahoma? More impressed than I thought. I was too. And now, again, you've got to keep it in mind. It's Nebraska. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, but what did we see? I saw a team that's got some speed. They do. They're quick. The defense was flying around too. And this is the change going back to Venables. He's such a great defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. He's a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. He's a nut job. Yep. He's probably going to get in trouble on the sideline a time or two. That's who he is. But the dude knows how to coach defense. And if they can get that defense at least competent and just stay away from the offense. You let your offensive guys do your offensive things. Maybe this is going to work. This is not a hire that I loved. I thought there was a reason it took this long for him to get a job. Yes, he interviewed for a lot of places. But there's also reason... He didn't ultimately get a lot of these job offers from some of the places. Yeah, because he, he had a pretty shiny resume going to those interviews. He absolutely did. And only, he's different. Uh-huh. He's got a screw loose. He's yeah. a different kind of guy. Hey, but you're in Oklahoma, and you can recruit the way that they recruit, and you get those good Texas kids, and all the Oklahoma kids stay at home, you can do some things. Yeah, very impressed by that team. And do we change our opinion now with the Big 12? Is it Oklahoma Gap? Because we thought the top level is all kind of mushed yeah, together. Yeah, they're all together, right? K-State yeah. gets beat. Yeah. How about Kansas? 3-0. How about Kansas? By the way, what's College Game Day doing? What a terrible That's decision. That's just an awful decision. I know you don't have the Kansas-Duke game, but you don't have the Tennessee-Florida game. Exactly. That's is a this, CBS. Is this throwing them a bone because... I don't know. You want? I don't know. I don't get it. I, the move it was there for the taking. You've never been to Lawrence mm-hmm. to do game day. We've heard before going back to the first time it went to Ames. They want to check off everybody uh-huh. left on the. Yep. They want to get through everybody. Syracuse is another team that's still on that list that hasn't had game day there. This is a perfect opportunity to cross Kansas off, mm-hmm. highlight the program, Lance Le- Leopold, what he has done, which is nothing short of remarkable. When has Duke ever been a part of a game day experience? <laughs> right. right? The, Duke this, football. We're talking. It would have been a really really yeah. fun. Event. I thought it was a no-brainer. And that was a layup. Ho- and it's a ho-hum. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, they're back in another SEC school. A Florida that's been disappointed. Yeah, they haven't been in Tennessee in six years. Okay. Right, but you've been there before. Yeah, a lot and of you'll, times. And there's a pretty good chance you'll get back to Tennessee before you'll get another. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Leopold does um, you know, do his magic on the, on this uh, school and they keep going. But back to your point about the Big Ten West. I mean, Purdue, talk about a just... A complete and utter collapse. 30 yards, gifting them 30 yards worth of penalties uh, at the end of that football game. They had the game won. Uh, and the way that it was taken away from them. And Brom, I mean, 15 of the unsportsmanlike penalty yards were against uh, uh, Jeff Brom for a sideline. His, the guy that catches the touchdown past the tight end, should he have been called? Was there a little skirmish? You know, they always get the second guy, right? One guy throws a punch. No, it wasn't a punch. It was just, it was a it was a push. They always get the second guy. Um, I don't get it. It was just Big Ten West, Nebraska, brutal. Illinois, okay, decent. Northwestern, brutal. Where do we put Iowa? Where do we put Wisconsin? Wisconsin, we'll know about Wisconsin this week, will we not? As they get Ohio State and a prime timer. They play well against the Buckeyes, too. Well, they'll be in... Well, they'll be watching Big Ten Network. We'll be in Piscataway. <laughs> yes. Not be there but physically, but our eyeballs will be watching BTN. Interesting. Jim just called in and said, uh, during the morning rush this morning, Travis and Ross kind of had a different perspective on Padilla not going in. Would it be just kind of a, a slap in the face? Hey, you're going to go in with the reserves and do things. I don't see it that way. 
I, I guess that's that's how every reserve plays. Right, exactly. That's how you get reps. He right. hasn't taken a snap this year. Right. This is your backup quarterback. Get him in. An injury away for being a guy that's very important. How many times do we see how important game reps are? You're just not going to do it? No. It's not like Alex Padilla's got a ton of reps himself. Right. He's a backup. He's played three and a half, what, games in his career? Mm-hmm. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't get it. I think... There's got to be something else going on here that we don't know about. Maybe just Spencer Petrus is miles better than him. Didn't look like it on the field last year. No, I agree with that. I mean, I think he was better by an inch. Yeah, it wasn't a huge gap. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a huge gap. Maybe it is this year. If that's the case, this is on recruiting. Keegan Johnson also did not play after the restart of the game. I didn't notice that. So played the 15 snaps early. Is that, you would guess, you're controlling the game. Yeah, pitch count probably. Yes. You probably only mm-hmm. planned on playing him 15 to 20 mm-hmm. snaps anyway. And he got his 15 snaps out there. Mm-hmm. He got looked a little tentative. He looked like a guy coming off an injury that hasn't practiced since December. That's true. But I, I, I totally agree with you. But it was good to see him in there because yes. that uh, you know, plants a different seed. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what to take away from the Nevada game, but uh, we'll certainly uh, ratchet things up as the Big Ten is upon us. Look, uh, Rutgers this week and then look up below because here comes Michigan. Mm-hmm. Haven't played anybody. They have not. So what do you think of them? I think they're really good. I think so, too. Yeah. Really good. Are they the fourth best team? Yeah. I had them there last week, and I'm not changing off of I that. I say I had USC there, and I and I don't know if I can move USC away USC was from, good. Watched quite were. a bit of that. Yeah, against Fresno. Had plenty of opportunities. Because that was a—they uh, they blew the spread out. They blew mm-hmm. right by it, right? Well, I can't pick my nose in football. Whew. I'm just—how'd you do in Circa in the millions? Uh, we're one and two going into tonight. Oh, I have both. Help, dude. The Titans. You have to have them both tonight. And the Eagles, yeah. I need to get to 3-2 and two this week. After 5-0 in week one, yep. to cash in one of the quarterly, probably need to be 17-3, maybe 16-4, maybe. Probably not, though. Yeah, i got to get both of them tonight. It looks as though Survivor lost another 650 or so contestants from yesterday. Keep, keep crossing them off. I was hoping you were going to be crossed off, too. Sorry. <laughs> With Denver? Yeah. Well, I was hoping that the that the Atlanta would come back and knock off yes. the Rams. It looked like they had a show. Yeah, Denver was the most popular pick. That was an awful game. This Russell Wilson trend, I'm, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. he gets inside the red zone. He can't see. He can't see through the passing lanes. and can't see over him. And Hackett, again, struggling. Trent, he's... He is so overwhelmed and overmatched. He has no business. I miss the early j- days of Josh McBlunder. I know, and you hated him. And I couldn't stand McDaniels when he was gifted that job. He was no more ready than I was to coach the Denver Broncos. Na- he- Nathan Hackett is not at his level. Not even close. Nathaniel Hackett. The way that he explained things afterwards... And he said, we made a mistake. On the Monday night game, made a, I thought he really gained a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of positivity right. in that. He still kind of made some excuses afterwards, but at least he said, look, we screwed up. That's on us. But then when you go to your second game and you're making just simple Can't get time. the field goal unit on the field. Can't two make different up times. Two different times, exactly. Have no timeouts left. Uh, in in the third quarter, and in, in the second half, rather, you're in trouble. Two of them in the third quarter, maybe it's just one bad decision after another. This is, he's a bad coach. So one of my good buddies was out there. He's a huge Bronco fan. I should introduce you guys. You guys would enjoy talking <laughs> Broncos football together. But he was out at the game, and he said the the big story. Obviously, there was a lot of booze and a lot yeah. of grumbling in the stands throughout that one. But with the new ownership group, they were there. The Waltons. Yeah, they got some money. Uh, just a little bit. Yeah. The rumblings in Denver were Sean Payton 
open checkbook, Mm -hmm. whatever it takes, the job is yours. That would work. Yeah. That would work. Um, Because I don't think Russell Wilson's going to find a way to grow a couple inches. No, that's not going to happen. Like, he's a good player, but they gave up a king's ransom, and you have Mm -hmm. to because if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. But there's a reason he struggles in the red zone. This isn't just a Denver thing. He just can't. When the field gets compressed and those six foot eight offensive linemen are in his path, he can't see. And he's got to kind of pull a, pull a Patrick Mahomes sidearm, yep. kind of disjoint himself to try and make a play. And, and um, if he's lost a half step, that half step at huge. this point in his age, it's important. So it looks to me like the AFC West. There's two te- It's a two-team race. It's not a four-team race. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's in any order. Well, you got to put the Chiefs there because they they put they beat them last week. The Chargers are talented. They still have Brandon that, Staley, and they're do. still the Chargers. And they're, they're still their own worst enemy. Yes. Uh, but it's the Chiefs and the Chargers, then it's a big gap. I mean, I don't know. The Raiders, how'd they lose that game yesterday? How'd they lose that game? And I'm then when the nothing. kid's running the ball into the end zone? He dropped it. He dropped the- Why I players don't do this? Yes. How many times have we seen it? Take an extra couple of steps before you drop the ball. You're going to get the touchdown. And then you can celebrate. And you can do all the right. things. And you can look cool. Just get in the end zone. Just get in. The game was over. And they were going to call that back and actually give the Raiders the ball and a touchback if he didn't take it mm. in. It's 1030. We're late. Nick Olson's next. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sports Station 106.3. Me from the Urology Center of Iowa. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. About uh, 1035 or thereabouts on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Coming up in hour number two, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football. What did we see? What stuck with us? Uh, that'll be coming up to kick off the hour. Then Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Chris Ottman-Bell, very talented receiver for the Gophers. Uh, somebody just uh, sent us a tweet that, indeed, he's out for the year. Ooh, and I like Sparty when those lines came out right away. Might have to jump on with an early wonder week. wonder if bet. it changed, right? That's a good question. Yeah, I wonder if it changed. Let's get Nick Osen in here. Uh, he was, uh, well, he was at the game on Saturday. And, of course, uh, writing for it at CycloneAlert.com, covering it, part of the 24-7 network. Hello, Nicholson, Trenton, Ken, how are you, sir? Guys, other than the Bears' performance last <laughs> night, I am great. How about you? You're like my partner. Same. same. Yeah, and I, I bought in, too. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, anyways. It's like you haven't seen the Packers and Bears ever play football yeah, against each other. You know what? I might go back last week, too, and <laughs> try to race that uh, the, maybe changing of the guard at the uh-huh. top of the NFC North. He looked pretty good, number 12 did. But let's get into Iowa State, uh, Nick. Uh, look, three games into it, they, they go undefeated in the non-con. Uh, Campbell's team gets off on the right foot in week number one. Check that box. Beat Iowa, check that box. Uh, get through undefeated. Um, good for them. Here comes Baylor this week. I guess let's start on the injury front, Nick. Um, we, we know that, uh, the Frailer did not play. They're calling it a, uh, an upper body injury. Sounds like a concussion. Other than that, did they get through relatively unscathed from this past weekend, Nick? 
Yeah, so there wasn't a ton of new talk, uh, certainly after the game with Campbell. Just from my own eyes and, and being at the press box, I saw and, and I would just unofficially kind of venture to say it, it might have looked like a stinger for starting safety Malik Verdon, but he came back, I believe it was in the third quarter, and played more in the second half. So I, I would think he's okay. I, I'll give verification on that, but he came back to play. Easton Dean was dinged up a little bit, but mm, he came yep. back into play as well. So, yeah, I would say in Freeler, you know, we didn't expect him to necessarily play in that game. I think things are trending well there, and they're certainly trending well for Cartavius Norton. I think that there's a chance if he needed needed to play over the weekend, I'd venture to say he maybe could have. So I'm optimistic there as well. I, I think Remsburg is along the same track, but maybe – just a couple days or so behind Norton is kind of what I would say right now. Great story. Anthony Johnson, of course, makes the move over to safety from cornerback. He's played well throughout his career, going up and going high to get that football. But first career interception, it's something I know we talked about, I think, maybe back in the spring uh, with you, Nick. But a guy that's been this good of a defensive back getting that first interception just had to feel great. He had to be smiling ear from ear. Yeah, I'm really happy for him, you know, just because I know kind of how much of a leader he is for this team and how good of a person he is. Uh, he was, you know, a little bit hard to kind of catch up with. We didn't necessarily get as much time as we'd hoped or really any at all after the game, but we spoke about him with, with Matt Campbell and Will McDonald. Another reporter asked McDonald about it, and he gave a really good quote. His face lit up, and he said, yeah, you know, Johnson's been here for 30 years, so I'm definitely <laughs> happy that he was able to get that done. And it was a heck of a play as well. I think that, you know, Campbell gave him – some credit post game and I feel that and you guys know the secondary that's been my favorite position group since March and I feel like they've really kind of played like it and I'm excited to see that Verdon played and you know when Freeler gets healthy that group really as a whole because Guys, I think it's a top three, maybe four unit in the Big 12. I really do. Well, T.J. Tampa's playing at a high level. He's all over the field. Uh, no, no doubt about that. You know, it, it's um, it's in games like this, Nick, where you get to kind of go down the depth chart a little bit. And I don't th- I think Will is Will McLaughlin a true freshman? I think he is. True freshman. Yep. So you won't yep. get a chance. Okay, so you won't get a chance to talk with him at all. But he kind of jumped off the TV screen a little bit with him. What was his recruitment like? Uh, because he's obviously playing very early in his career. Granted, there's a need at the linebacker position. But uh, I think they're playing well in the starters. And Vaughn and Vance was terrific. And Reader's made a couple of plays. Um, what, tell us about Will McLaughlin, who's getting a chance early in his career to contribute. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy to say, guys, that just sheer talent-wise, he's probably a top two or three guy at the entire linebacker position on the team. He's young, obviously, being so young and with reps in a complex defense like John Haycox. You've got to learn a lot of the scheme and, and things like that. But I would say that hasn't necessarily been a struggle, but I, I think that's really been the only reason you haven't seen him play more because he's got the instinct. He's clearly got the athleticism, and he's not afraid to hit. He showed that Saturday against Ohio, and he showed that back in the spring. I, I distinctly remember seeing pictures. I think he had tweeted them kind of with his reaction after. He's just hes very physically impressive, and I remember, I think it was Orion Vance had some good things to say about him this summer as well. I think that his ceiling is certainly the NFL level, and the fact that he's not playing quite as much right now 
isn't even necessarily because of him. I think it's just because, like you said, Ken, the starting linebacking unit has been so good. I, I did these pro football focus grades on Cyclone Alert for the VIPs again, and the linebackers continue to take up, you know, two out of the top four spots, four out of the top seven. So they've been really good. Tyson Vite has those guys playing well right now. Speaking of uh, what defenders and some steps forward that we've certainly seen, you mentioned Reader. I thought, you know, that first game where he had the athletic quarterback from CMO, he was making plays, mm-hmm. he was out of position a couple of times. Feels like he is kind of figuring it out now, playing Big 12 football. He's taken, I thought, a real big step forward. Him, Orion Vance, Kendall Jackson, it's a linebacker crew that's going to cause some problems and maybe give a little bit of problems to that offensive line for Baylor that has looked a little shaky at times. Yeah, I think you make a great point. The offensive line is going to be so much of kind of the the breaking point, let's say, in this game because both teams, I'd say Baylor has shown a little bit of inconsistency there, and Iowa State has looked pretty good. I just feel like every guy in that linebacking core for Iowa State can bring a little something different. You mentioned Reader. He can essentially line up anywhere in that front seven, I would say. He's impressed me with his speed. I knew that you know he could hit and he had the experience, but – I've liked what I've seen from him. Vance's production speaks for himself. And, yeah, you mentioned Jackson. Obviously, Vaughn's been starting. And Miles Mendezun, a guy that I, I put on the depth chart to kind of look out for, I think he played six or seven snaps, but he continues to kind of produce within these snaps. So I would say that unit is a good six or seven guys deep. And, yeah, I think that outside of maybe the pass rush, uh, that could be the most important thing on the defense going into this huge game Saturday. It really is. So uh, Trent mentioned it. Uh, you guys have talked about Triber uh, playing very well this past week. So if Remsburg is back, and it sounds like, uh, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, that there's a chance that he plays this week, what will they do there? I mean, it's great to have uh, the luxury of having, you know, an air quote extra uh, defensive tackle that you can plug and play like uh, Triber would. Would Remsburg instantly go back and start at right tackle? Because coming out of spring ball, it seemed like... Um, you know, they obviously they, they really like downing in the middle, but maybe Rensburg is as good as anybody on that offensive unit. Would he go back in right away and take the starter role again? Well, let me just – I just you definitely want to clarify. I wouldn't be shocked, but I do think Norton is a little bit ahead of things. Okay. I know Rensburg has been at, at practice a little more. I'm not necessarily saying I, I expect Rensburg quite yet. Uh, I, I think Norton's a little ahead there. But when he does come back, I would have to think they ease him in. And I think that they have that luxury because you hit on it right there with Triber. He was, I want to say, the highest-rated player on the entire offense outside of Ashton Cook's late snap. He's done a really nice job. What's kind of impressed me the most there is actually some of what he's done in the run game. I, I think that he's graded out really well. I think that's an extension of what he's done in the spring. And I think that is a reason that Iowa State isn't rushing Remsburg back, not only to the detriment of of Jake's health, of course, but the team. I I don't think that they're necessarily feeling that desperation, which I think is a great thing. I I feel that if they were feeling like that, this would be a week you could potentially see him. I know that Campbell has noted there's progress there, and and that I can tell you certainly uh, that he has said. But I don't feel that, and I do feel when Remsburg is fully healthy, he will take over that spot, but for now, there's a lot of confidence behind Grant Triber. 
Well, it was an off-season about a bridge, and now another off-season of some construction around Jack Trice and around the university area down there. And that is, of course, about something that's been ta- dubbed Town by many, Pollard and Light by others. Fill us in on the details of what the university is doing and really changing the complexion of what we're going to have down there in the athletic area. Yeah, I didn't realize that this was you know, really going to be the first of its kind at, at an institution in this country. So that definitely impressed me. We got to see a video here at the press conference. I'm actually still sitting here uh, outside Jack Trice, and you know, it's really impressive. I, I think that my big things that I kind of took away were that it's going to be a long, kind of drawn-out process. I believe I tweeted that you won't necessarily see vertical progress. I think Jamie Pollard said until August of 25, the first phase is really going to be dealing with some of these parking lots and getting the infrastructure for those things set. But another impressive thing that stood out to me was how important the research parks will kind of, the research park will be within this side town infrastructure. I'm a big fan of kind of the academics as much as I, you know, love and cover sports, and I feel that it's such a good thing. They're still prioritizing the research parks and the research center because that is part of what makes this institution special academically. So I think that'll be a big part of it. It sounds like tailgating spaces will still be a plenty for the for the diehard fans, and there are going to be plenty of spots to eat, brew pubs. It looks like there will be some huge screens outside, kind of like you see in Kansas City, they made reference to that. And I thought that it was really cool that they've kind of done some work with the Green Bay Packers, talking about the process and the development there, because as much as I'm a diehard Bears fan, the Packers have done a lot right, and I think that their title town infrastructure is mm-hmm. one thing they've done really well. You know, a lot of franchises, uh, the, the Red Sox took over the surrounding mm-hmm. area. The Cubs did likewise. St. Louis. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Churchill Downs bought all the homes around the, the, the track, and now it's, it's all theirs. Um, this is a really good idea. I, I think it is, and I'm, I'm anxious to see how it uh, comes together um, because, look, it's, it's all about capitalizing on that almighty dollar, right? And if you can keep them there and uh, be kind of a destination, we'll see how it is. Uh, so last thing for you, off we go to the Big 12. If, is your, um, who's caught your eye in the Big 12 play? Maybe who's better than you thought, Nick? Uh, you know, as, as you go back into August, you're trying to rank these teams. Who's maybe better than you thought at this point as we get set to embark on it? Obviously, Kansas. Yeah, I, I think that you guys let in really well. I, I always like to listen before I come on a little bit. And, and I think that Oklahoma's just complete nature of the team, you know, in terms of every phase of the ball has stood out to me. I think that they are a legitimate contender. And I am someone that was higher on Kansas than a lot of people. I didn't think that the program would, you know, just kind of be not so great as it, as it kind of has been. I think that Lance Leipold is, Honestly, one of the top 15, maybe 20 coaches in the entire country. But, guys, I think they're a legitimately good football team. And I think there's a real shot that if Iowa State gets through Baylor, which I believe they're going to win, and Kansas takes care of Duke, you're looking at one of the best games in the entire country next week in Lawrence. And I I will 99% be there. So I can't wait for that one either, guys. 
Wouldn't that be something? If Iowa State's unbeaten, they get there. Kansas takes care of Duke. Maybe that's what game day's waiting for. 4-0 versus 4-0. Oh, my God. Um, And who would have thought? Who would have thought? Nick Olson, great stuff, Nick. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you uh, in a week. Anything at at Cyclone Alert you'd like to tell us about before we let you go? Yes, thank thank you for asking. So we've got a couple special uh, VIP articles going today. One on a major, major recruit commit coming out later this afternoon. And then because of some of the success in Big 12 play, we are running 50% VIP promo. We're very close to a special number to hit, and I think we're going to get there this week. Good stuff, Nick Olson. You're almost at 5,000 followers as well on Twitter. If you want to follow Nick, as you know, he does a great job covering uh, Iowa State. You can do so at The Real Nick Olson, The Real Nick Olson, O-S-E-N. Good stuff, Nick. Have a good week. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it. Can't wait, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick Olson. Uh, CycloneAlert.com. We'll take a time out, come back, finish up our number one, including a really cool announcement from the Iowa slash Minnesota Wild. Did you see that? No. Uh, that We'll do that before we get out of here uh, as far as the first hour. Well, back after these messages. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. In Urbandale. If one... All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. A couple of minutes left, first hour of the program. Bama Bob Scott Dockerman, Mr. Monday Night, all to come in hour number two. Real quick, uh, Iowa K- Iowa State-Kansas game is 2.30 ESPN2 or ESPNU next week. Mm-hmm. Michigan-Iowa, no kickoff time yet, correct? We are anticipating, though, that we will find out soon, unless they go to the six-day window. But, yeah, going to uh, find out, hopefully, before we're off the air at noon, what time that'll be. Probably not trending to big noon kickoff. They're at I Michigan this so. week for the Maryland game. So hopefully 2.30, night game again. 6 o'clock, 6.30. That would be good. Certainly with, uh, obviously, the potential of Iowa State, Kansas, undefeated both teams at 4-0. and And game day's going to go for that one? Maybe. They're looking at the slate, uh, there's a couple that you could certainly uh, make a case for. Root for A&M this week to knock off Arkansas because uh-huh. they'll be hosting Arkansas hosts Alabama next week. Wake Forest, Clemson. Clemson's got a big game against NC State the following week. Be a big Wake Forest That fan. would probably be where they would be. But there's a potential. With thought? unbeaten Kansas, unbeaten Iowa State. Real quick, Minnesota Wild are having a practice. The big team, the NHL team, is going to be in Des Moines on October the 11th. It's a Tuesday. They're going to practice, I think, at 11 o'clock in the morning. They're, they're going to throw the uh, uh, the doors open at Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. Anybody can go down and watch the uh, the Wild practice. Uh, there's an autograph sec- uh, opportunity. So it's the 10th year of the Iowa Wild coming to Des Moines, and this is one of the events that they are going to kick off the season with the big team uh, here. Want to watch? If you if you're a fan of the Iowa Wild, you want to see if that next level what it means for go, the jump from you know essentially AAA to the um, to the NHL. Uh, it's Bigger than you thought. That's really cool. It is. It's going to be a blast. We may have to be down there. That's not a bad idea. That that might be fun to watch that. Yeah. I know you'd like to see a little October hockey. Absolutely. Even though it's a practice, you're going to be on the ice for about 90 minutes or Here's so. Stick slapping the ice. Yeah, great whistles blowing. Stopping and starting. Yeah, gets you going. Anyways, hour two. Bama Bob kicks it off. Scott Darkman on the Hawks. Mr. Monday Night's got a double dip tonight. Miller and Con come back. Hour two next. 106.3 kicks.